1: When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420, The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Beautiful. Guy. Well, it's getting cloudy, I guess, out there, but uh, let's start out uh, thinking positively. <laughs> because a lot of people are negative right now. Hope is seeing the light in spite of being surrounded by darkness. Hope is mankind's greatest weakness and its greatest strength. And at the end of the day, all you need is hope and strength. Hope that it will get better and strength to hold on until it does. Ain't that the truth? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I talked to a lot of people this week, so we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, and, you know, it's it's been kind of a unique period of time. Uh, you know, it's very rare that you have three rate increases of three-quarters of a point, and we're going to discuss that. But uh, uh, we we are a live show, so if you've got a question, you can call in here It's 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. And I guess in a nutshell, <laughs> we... Um, some most interesting things in terms of charts and questions and quotes and high frequency data and stuff like that 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 kind of made me think about it but uh, we've been on the uh, on the phone uh, the past week presenting um, our ideas to get more information from other people uh, and, and it's kind of interesting uh, the the ferocity of the unwind on friday's uh uh see consumer uh, uh i mean commodities uh stuff was uh the futures market positioning even more interesting to us because it's negative it's still negative okay uh but the, demo, the democrats continue to gain momentum in polling data uh, so everybody's thinking that you know this election the midterms are going to change things and um we, we don't know but uh the election angst among U.S. equity investors is coming back, okay? So something else that caught our eye uh, in our high-frequency indicator updates last week is that the Democrats have now pulled firmly ahead of Republicans in the generic congressional ballot. Uh, That worries me a little bit, but the improvement in the polling data for congressional uh, Democrats has come in the aftermath of the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act alongside improved polling for Biden as gas prices have declined now one of the things that is not going to happen before the election is is I from what I understand is our strategic reserves are very very low at this point and I, I can bet you all the money that you have and I have that there's no way that they're going to fill them until after the election because that would send the price of oil up I think so now part of that is uh, mr. Powell and mr. Powell you know, the thing, when you raise interest rates three-quarters of a point three times in a row, you don't feel the impact for six to nine months. So somewhere in June or May, the pain will be felt. And, and uh, you know, that's my opinion. But, uh, you know... Um, Valuations are are really starting to look fairly reasonable again. The S and P 500. So I, I don't think uh, you know there's anything there that uh, you know is keeping people up at night. So that's good. But uh, look at the, at the end of the FMOC meeting, we would be surprised, or we were surprised that they did seventy five basis points a third time. That hasn't even uh, Volcker didn't do that. So um, you know so. Powell, I, he seems to learn his lesson. He was too loose. Now, he, you know, he might be going the other direction. Um, but there's still a big lack of confidence in the Fed right now, including Tim Hayes has a lack of confidence in him. Um, you know, the way they're going, you know, as as reckless as they were on the way down. Now, this is Tim Hayes speaking now, okay, not, not uh, RBC. They're reckless on the way back up. Um, so maybe he learned his lesson i think the only incentive just to 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 uh, continue this is that he you know he wants to bring the market into a recession i mean he's risking recession is what's going going and you know then there's the dots that everybody talks about and they're going higher so there we go but um, you know the 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 problem i think um, if you look at this is you know, when you go into a recession, things are nasty, you know? I mean, right now it's pretty tough. You've got I mean, think about it. You got the Fed raising interest rates, you got Congress and the president spending like there's no tomorrow. I mean, spent like 5.2 trillion dollars in 2 years. And and he hasn't even gone 2 years yet. You know, he's only been 2 years in the in the White House. Uh so he's he's gone nuts and uh you know, that's a problem, I think. So the Fed the Federal Reserve has to look at that and say, you know, how much does M2 go up if they do that? And what I've heard is like 18%. So they've got to cut back even further, you know. Um, so the question is, will they break something? And, and uh, you know, that that is a, a big question. But you got to remember, five years after a recession, the market usually is up two to two and a half times. All right, So let me repeat that. Five years after a recession, the market is usually up two to two and a half times. So, you know, I have a lot of cash I, uh, in most cases. Um, and, the, you know, the question is, how much cash should you have? Uh, you know, that's that's the trillion dollar question right now. So it's it's kind of a tough thing. But look, it, um, the, the future markets. uh were pricing in one in four chance of 100 basis points last week. So um, the Goldman Sachs economists noted that there's are a few reasons the Fed could learn, lean more hawkish versus the prior time. So, you know, that that's the way people are thinking at this point. So, you know, it, it's very difficult. Now, look, the consensus is now that they're going to do 50 basis points in, in October. So, you know, have they gone hog wild? Well, it's the fastest tightening and the most accelerated tightening I've seen in my career. Uh, and and by the way, I was I was an economics student when Bolker was around, and uh, you know uh, I have a degree in economics, so I was watching him pretty closely. So you know, uh, if you look. Um, and I look at the numbers, and you know, if you look at Indeed.com, the, uh, the lab report shows that the September job market is really softening. And Goldman Sachs, their jolts show the latest is a is a 0.4 percent drop in jobs. So that's the largest monthly drop in history. And uh, you know, I don't know what October looks like, but you know, we got to start to think, you know. Look, the Fed remains full of surprises and full of commitment. And as policymakers continue to stare down inflation in the face of that deteriorating economic backdrop, this is unusual because they usually quit raising rates. That you know, when you start to see the economy go down the tubes, but both domestically and globally, um, you know, so now now we have the Bank of England. You know, we've got a couple other banks raising their rates in in, in a bad economy. I mean, a bad worldwide economy. So. Uh, by the way, Japan didn't raise rates, but they did step in and manage their currency, which means there's probably going to be a currency blow up somewhere along here, I would suggest. Um, you know, and look, a recession by any other name would smell just as awful. So uh, it, it it's getting to the point where I think, you know, they may break something. They always do. <laughs> you know, in 1998, they, they, they broke it. Uh, um, And and the ruble, Russian ruble just blew up, and they had start lowering rates, Uh, and but they always blow it up. I mean, in two thousand seven and two thousand eight, you know, uh, Robert Rubin called Greenspan, said, "Hey, you know, just just so you know, the commercial paper market isn't working, you know, and that's how people pay their bills." And uh, next thing we know, boom. So, who knows? Uh, We're we're there now. I was I I listened to uh, Bob. Rob Schleimer this week and and he he started putting some, um, you know, uh, uh, we'll call lines in the sand and and, and basically they were around the two hundred day moving average. So for the S and P five hundred, it's thirty six thirty six. Um, for the Nasdaq Composite ten thousand five hundred sixty five, and the Dow I, I believe was very close to it. It was twenty nine five. Uh, Six fifty three. I'm sorry. And um, all of those went right to I mean, they stopped. They actually went below them. They undercut and then they stopped. So the question is, you know, do you have a double bottom? I'm going back to June now. Uh, Or do you continue? And and that's, you know, that's kind of a question. I don't have an answer for you, but, you, you know, the bullish percent is now at 19. Okay, so that's a pretty low number. But I've seen, you know, look, in 2020, the bullish percent went to five. And I believe that's the lowest number I've ever seen. And there's some good news. And, you know, the good news is, is that there is a lot of people bearish. I mean, you know, the bearish ratio is now 52, uh, bearish bullish ratio is now negative 52.7. Now, the lowest I've ever seen, it was 53.9. And that was the week before the bottom in 2009. All right, so it, it's pretty low. The number of, you know, if you look at the American Association of Individual Investors, we're now at 63% bears and only, uh, I think it's 18% bulls. Those are really, really low numbers and high numbers, okay? Uh, high numbers for the bears, low numbers for the bulls. So there's a lot of cash on the sidelines. And usually, usually when markets blow up, it's like in 2000 or two thousand, 2008, you know, a lot of people were in the market then, you know, people had, had gone back into the market thinking everything was okay. And boom, we exploded. And, and then 2000, everyone was in the market. Only a few people got out the top. So it, it, it's kind of a tough thing. Now, I've had a lot of questions about certificates of deposit and, you know, the traditional bank cert, cert uh, CD is far from the only CD option available to investors, uh, we we use brokered CDs and, and they can be a very useful tool because you can start to do, you know, step ups. You can do, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so, um, you know, you, you want to be looking, I think, at more of just not placing all your money at once. If you're going to be doing that, a lot of people are. I think that's OK. Uh, I mean, you get a four percent yield on a CD going out two two three two, three years right now. That's not bad. All right. Now, once again, I'm going to talk about individual bonds and CDs versus mutual funds. All right. Bond mutual funds, the principal moves up and down. And so depending on when you sell them is, you know, your principal can be either up or down. And like, for example, a lot of people went to the two-year bonds in June when the market was getting hammered because they got 2.9%. They're now getting four, but the the principal is down 8%. Okay. So Uh, individual bonds are probably a better alternative right now. And you can, you know, you can do laddered approach and and believe me, we have a great bond desk. So if you're looking for that type of thing, let me know. Uh, you you can always go to WHK 1420 local podcast down to the smart investor show and it takes you directly to my webpage. Uh, uh, but I've had a lot of interest in, you know, people want to, uh, hold on to their principle and I understand that. And it's, you know, it's a tough time. So it's a very, very tough time. Now, uh, once again, I'm going to mention this because I think this is a disruptive force. There is now a new tech-enabled healthcare provider. Payment reform is a key element of the path forward for U.S. healthcare. You know that that is one of the reasons because people don't pay, and <laughs> it's increasingly tying to provider reimbursements to outcomes and costs. But part of the Problem with healthcare costs is that people aren't paying or they're not paying on time, and you know it adds to the dollars uh, that you know healthcare providers have to deal with. So you're a decade into the value-based care transition, and it's the adoption uh, is still Nansen obviously, but accelerating, and tech-enabled innovation are advancing. So that's a, I think that's going to be the next big thing in in healthcare. I by the way I also see. A lot of healthcare stocks, you know, like I keep talking about this healthcare uh, a conference that we had back in June. Uh, there's some stocks there that really look good that are holding up well, all right. And I, you know, I, I know what they are. I'm not going to tell you guys. You 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 know, want to do business with me? I can tell you. But uh, in the meantime, the shift to these new payment models for providers is inevitable, as far as I'm concerned. But adoption has been kind of slow largely because of the complexity, the cost, and the risk involved. So it's it's an, a new emerging group of companies that are helping support uh doc doctors through the transition by handling the complexities of the payer contract, equipping them with better technology, introducing new programs and capabilities to deliver better longitudinal patient care, and absorbing some some or all the risk involved. All right. So uh, we we have some good names here, and it's a it's a pretty long uh, piece, I think. So, you know, if you want it, let me know. Um, look, um, one of the things that I'm seeing is that I've got a lot of money in uh, staple stocks at this point, All right? And they're not really going down a whole lot, but they're starting to lose a little bit of relative strength, and that's what we call the low volatility type stocks or minimum volatility, all right? So there are ETFs that provide you with that, but I'm just letting you know, like I said about oil last week, you know, it was too many people positive on oil and they got killed this week. Oil stocks just got killed. Now, I've sold half of them and and then I bought some of the oil service stocks, which held up a little bit better, but they still got beat up a little bit too. Uh, I'm still up on them, but I'm not particularly happy about what happened last week. But it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, where we go from here. I, I think there'll be, a you know, oil is cyclical. The Fed wants a recession. They want to cut, you know, any kind of inflation out. And, you know, the three or four main things of inflation are housing and housing prices are starting to come down very quickly, by the way. cars. Uh, and that's a, that's a production problem, and then used cars, and believe me, I've talked to two or three bond traders, and they're staying completely away from what they call subprime car loans, which there's plenty of them out there in a lot of portfolios, by the way, and then finally, food and oil, okay? So those are the components. So let's take a break. Remember, this is a live show, so if you got a question, 216-901-0945. Stay tuned.
3: Yeshua Jesus
0: said, Behold, I am coming soon. These words were never more comforting and important than in today's troubled times. You've read about the biblical fall feast of Israel, Rosh Hashanah, Trumpets, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, come experience God's appointed times for yourself. At Tikvah Israel Messianic Synagogue, all High Holy Day services are free, open to Jews, non-Jews, and interfaith families, and no tickets
3: are required. Hi, I'm Rabbi Eric Lakatas. I invite you to celebrate God's appointed times, the High Holy Days, with us at Tikvat Israel.
0: Discover how the Jewish scriptures and the God of Israel have the answers you've been seeking. For services dates and times, go to tikvatcleveland.org That's T-I-K-V-A-T-Cleveland.org. As we move closer to the decision of our lifetime, the left continues to freak out because they sense they're losing their grip on the control of our lives. I hate that. So be prepared for chaos. They seem to think chaos creates a better environment for their wacky ideas. Put on your gas mask. Be prepared for anything they may throw at us. But be prepared to vote and get your friends to the polls. It's never been bigger than this one. Election 2022 will be the answer. AM 1420,
3: the answer. And Odyssey. If you change your mind on the first line, the I'm
4: still free.
2: Okay, we're take back. Take you take a, chance, know, um, if you would like to get, uh, you know, I, I always talk about the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list. Right now is a really good time to be looking at these stocks when yields up and the prices are down, that's when you want to buy dividend stocks, okay? Or you want to buy yield in, in general, all right? So if you'd like any information on our CDs or our dividend growth portfolio or our prime income list or our bond portfolios, just go to WHK1420. Go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show. It goes directly to my webpage. There's all sorts of contact me and email me. If you want to sit down and talk about a wealth plan, you know, I did one for a young couple last week. Man, I think they're going to really like it. You know, I was looking over it this week. Um, some people don't understand it. And, it's you know, unfortunately, you know, what I've been trying to do is set up times where people, uh, you know, actually sit down with me. And, and uh, it makes a lot of sense, trust me. And at times like this, it's good to have a plan because if the plan ain't working, that's when you change it. And, by the way, we have a thing called Playground which allows you to say, Hey, is my plan working or is it not? Okay. And you don't have to be a client. You know, we're hoping you become a client obviously, but uh, you don't have to be a client to to try a wealth plan. But also when you go to my webpage on under insight, there's a whole bunch of uh, new research this week. All right. And then bulletin board on the front page has a newsletter. It also has Rob Schleimer's stuff. You know, he may be one of the better technicians in the world. I mean, he may, probably in the top five, ten, And so, you know, he, he publishes something weekly there. So something to think about. Okay. Now I had a question uh, while we we're on break, um, uh, an email and they said, Tim, what about the Russell and the, uh, the socks, which is the semiconductor index. And, uh, you know, I mentioned this before, I think, you know, I was hoping that they break through and hold up. Well, they didn't. Okay. A uh, matter of fact, they, um, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm I've given up my profit on them. Uh, you know, I was up on them pretty good. And then I, I gave, gave it up. Um, however, when we come out of recession, let me repeat this again. The five years after recession, the market usually goes up two to two and a half times. So I have a lot of cash. OK, but I'm, I'm still in the market and I'm in the market because you have to be to a certain degree. All right. Uh, you can't. No, They don't ring a bell at the bottom, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to tell you, hey, you know, hey, we're at the bottom. Bye now. It doesn't work that way. All right? But we do have, you know, things that are telling me that we're getting close. Now, I'm, I, I ain't ringing the bell. All right? But the bullish percent's at 19. I mean, it went down 24 percentage points in, in less than two weeks. That's big. All right? Now, is it going to stop at 19? I don't know the answer to that, neither do you or anybody else, by the way. But we got everybody bearish. My God, I, you know I talked to a bunch of my clients in the last week or so, uh, and it's amazing how bearish everybody is. Some people said they didn't have time to talk to me. you know when you, <laughs> that's not a good idea, by the way. Uh, and by the way, two or three of those people called me back, so you know they didn't have time to talk to me at that point. but the point is is, look, we got the US dollar going straight up. The two-year yield, you know, going straight up. I mean, these things are almost parabolic, all right. So, you know, my question is: Is the Fed right? Now, I'm talking. This is Tim Hayes talking, not RBC. But the Fed hasn't been too right too often. <laughs> I'm telling you, they, you know, it's very seldom that I've seen them right. Uh, you know, they. They keep raising things until they blow something up and they keep lowering things until they've lowered them too far. And this Fed, you know, with Jay Powell in front of it, you know, doesn't have high marks from Tim. Now, I don't know what uh, Tom Porcelli, you know, what marks he's given him, but in the meantime, you know, he's gone from being too loose to, you know, to going crazy three months in a row. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I think, you know, it's something that, you have to pay pretty close attention to. And, and uh, look, you know, the the real question, I think, um, you know, and if you look at the S&P 500, we've broken the little uptrend line that we had going back from June and now we're testing the June lows again. Uh, But the put to call ratio, which is, you know, how many people are buying puts is at 8.5. Now, you, you know, You'd like to see it over one. Now, the total put-to-call ratio is 1.2. If we're just looking at equity only, it's 0.85. So they are getting to points where uh, you normally see some kind of rally. Now, I'm not suggesting that it starts tomorrow or it starts Monday or whatever. But you know, growth had been doing fairly well versus value, and now it's, it's kind of gone back. And the other, the other thing I've noticed is, is if you look at the high beta ETFs, they broke out versus the low volatility index, which, you know, I'll just throw that out there. Um, And it it started back in, you know, uh, I would say, you know, June and July. So, you know, what I mean by high beta is the industrials and those type of things. Uh, And now they're testing that uptrend line again. Now, look, four months ago, I said that the 10-year treasury yield Broke a 40-year downtrend, and I said we're not going back to lower rates. And I said sometime in the near future, bonds will be a good purchase. So we're getting close now. The monthly momentum is now very overbought for bonds. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, the 10-year yield, uh, you know, has broken out again. Um, so it, it's it's tough to say, hey, you know, uh, go out and buy bonds, but. Uh, the TLT, you know, which is the, the Barclays 20 Year Treasury Bond Fund, uh, it's an ETF. It has broken a new low. All right, and, and the dollar breaks out uh, again, and you know, oil's hitting a new low. You know, normally when the dollar goes higher, commodities go lower. Uh, gold's breaking down, uh, and you know, gold has a long way to go until it totally breaks down. But it was like a little cup and handle formation, and uh, that's now gone copper um you know if china comes back on board there's not enough copper okay so that's the that's the fundamentals the technicals look okay not not great <laughs> so it you know what we're looking at is you know technicals look terrible right now and they always do at the bottom uh but you know if you look at the daily momentum factors on all these commodities they're all pretty much oversold and starting to turn up. So it'll be interesting to see, by the way, with the exception of oil. That's what, you know, why I was negative on oil last week, but look, too many people are positive on oil right now. Remember when we talked about it on the show a year ago in March, uh, you know, in 2021, people thought I was crazy.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, matter of fact, I, I had a friend of mine that I played golf with, and he basically told me I was crazy and uh, he now thinking I'm a smart guy, but you know, the, the one thing I, I would suggest is if, if I look at the weekly financial chart, it's in a base where I'm looking at the staples, and the staples are starting to turn over a little bit on a short-term basis. So, and, and healthcare, the relative uptrend has pulled back with you know, and it's very oversold on a short-term basis. Uh, and there's a couple stocks in that group that look pretty good, you know. So I I still say that's one. Technology looks terrible still. All right. So uh, you just got to think that way. And um, I don't think you want to be involved, but uh, at least right now, you know, you got to be looking, you know, I own a couple semiconductor stocks. I thought that would be the turn. But, you know, look, we have a critical test going on right now of the summer lows. I mean, we went below them in the morning yesterday, and then we rallied back up to be above them just barely. Now, that's what they call an undercut if we rally on Monday, all right? So, uh, but, the, you know, we, we're at the 200-day moving average. I, I think you want to be more cautious, all right? Um, you know, uh, look, there's an old saying, uh, three upticks and be careful. And that has to do with the Fed. When they raise rates three times in a row, you got to be careful. And, uh, you know, by the way, I had a conversation Friday afternoon with an an old friend of mine. He was 91 years old. He still goes to work every day in Manhattan. He's one of the best chartists I know. And he reminded me of that. All right. So uh, Monday, I'm going to have that conversation with a lot of people. So three upticks, be careful. And those are big upticks. All right. So just remember that part. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, look, uh, we're not... We're not at the bottom, okay. Uh, so if we're doing this 16 to 18 year cycle, you know, which are usually generational cycles, generational bull markets, cyclical, not cyclical, but structural bull markets. You know, somewhere around here we got to stop going down, okay. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's take a break. It's a live show. You got a question? Call two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. We'll be right back.
4: My first ride along was with Jamal, even before I was hired. They wanted me to see everything from the ground level before moving forward, and it was awesome. The first time I came in, I got to sit in on a meeting and never realized that plumbers have that level of organization and sophistication to their operations. And I say that as a former degreed project manager, as well as an Air Force vet. After getting out of the service, my wife and I moved to Cleveland and I just wasn't happy with the corporate-style desk jobs. So I prayed for a sign. That next morning, my best friend called me about this radio ad on The Fish for a company he thought would be perfect for me. And he was right. Wyatt Works was a godsend. You have to want to help people. But if you do, this job is fulfilling in ways that the right person won't find anywhere else. If you want that for your life, call us direct and consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number 30185.
0: All of us come from somewhere. All of us have origin stories. From executive producer Larry Elder.
1: Divine Providence was clearly operating in the lives of black Americans.
2: And director Justin Malone. When I was growing up, we were never taught that America was bad. We were raised to love America.
0: Comes the continuation of their 2020 hit film, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom Part 2, An American Odyssey. Available on Salem now.
2: All right, we're back. Uh, If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And, uh, you know, in August's uh, CPI report, energy commodities were the big leader to the downside. You know, prices fell across the board, basically, and uh, at a pretty big clip. All right. Most other areas saw an increase in price with food being one of the leaders to the upside as as the food index moved up 0.8%. And since the start of uh, September, uh, both the price of wheat and corn futures have continued. Uh, I mean, wheat's up 10%, corn's up too. Uh, after a period of decline, basically from July to August. Uh, now, remember, we told you that commodities broke the downtrend line too, just like yields and also the dollar and they went up and then Ukraine war hit and they went up more you know and so they needed to correct back to the downtrend line just to make sure that it held so uh, now I would suggest that corn uh, is a much better looking chart because it's above the uptrend line so uh, and and wheat is still below the, the downtrend line so wheat would have to Uh, you know, rally about 10% in order for that to occur. So, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, you have to think about commodities. uh, But, you know, these days, they now have ETFs that you can buy. Now, you you do a K-1 with these things, so your accountant's going to hate you. But uh, you know, you can buy corn now and, and you can buy wheat, although wheat's below its downtrend line. So I don't think it's a solid citizen at this point. So I, I don't think you want to be running and, and, and jumping and, and all, you know, getting all crazy about things, but, uh, so <laughs> I, I, you know, I get a weekly report, uh, from our friends at Dorsey, Wright Um, uh, that tells me where the bullish percent is. And on Wednesday, it was 33. Today, it's 19.6. So we've had a rough week, okay? And a lot of stocks are breaking down. The, the other thing is the over-the-counter index was a 27. It's now a 14. Uh, world index was a 35. It's now a 21. So uh, we've been hit pretty hard. So we're still in a column of O's. So risk is still high, Okay. You know, we've been talking about this for three or four weeks now. Risk is still high. Um, the dollar continues on a tear, and uh, you know it, it's kind of it's kind of tough. You know, the, the dollar got beat up and then reversed back up. Uh, and you know, you, you look. I mean, if 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 you take the example of like two thousand one to two thousand three, the dollar kept hitting new lows. Well, in twenty. 2021 and 2022, the dollars, you know, on a rampage to the upside. So, if you look at some of the historical returns of commodities and international equities, are both typically negative, negatively impacted by a strong dollar. So, we'll see uh, if commodities can continue to go up. Just remember, the dollar's reacting to interest rates. Interest rates going up tend to tend to make a currency go up. Okay. So if the dollar were for some reason reverse, uh, you know, you'd you'd have, uh, have to think about things. Now, if you look at the U.S. dollar bullish fund, which is the UUP versus the, F, the uh, Invesco uh, equal weight ETF, the dollar is the place to be. So, uh, you know, I don't, after the big run it's had, I don't know, you know, I'm not saying go out and buy it, uh, you know, because you want to have things pull back for you a little bit, but it's something to think about anyway, if you want to diversify your portfolio a little bit. And then if you look at dynamic asset level investing, this is just simply relative strength investing. So relative strength means, you know, your particular group is leading the market. All right. And what you want to do is find the best stock in that group. Now, energy was there Thursday. i do not so sure it's there Friday. Uh, it had a bunch of votes and it lost a bunch of votes on Friday. So I I didn't get the total calculation, so but I think it lost like 15, 20 votes easy. Um, and communication services, which is, you know, things like Facebook and uh, and Snap and all those names are still at the bottom of the barrel. And they got the lowest amount of votes I've seen in a long, long time. And I would call them bear confirmed status. And technology, uh, consumer cyclical, which is discretionary, and technology are the, the three bottom of the barrels. All right? uh by the way if we come out of this the consumer discretionary at least the uh you know I, I think what you want to be involved in is consumer discretionary the e-commerce area and technology so you got to kind of watch and and, and see what happens over the course here but energy consumer non-cyclical are staples utilities financials and industrials are the places to be industrials is kind of interesting because uh you know uh, you wouldn't think industrials would be doing okay. Now I saw a lot of them break down on Thursday and Friday. So we'll see if that stays. Uh, This report comes out on Thursday uh, morning. So it's Wednesday's, you know, close, but I I think technology and consumer discretionary or retail, you you know, you want to kind of underweight them at this point. So, uh, you know, staples are holding up best in my portfolios. So I'll just leave it at that. you know, it seems to be. I was looking at at international uh, charts this week, and I noticed you know several of them, like Brazil, and uh, uh, a couple others. You know, the the charts on the overall indexes were looking pretty okay. You know, uh, Canada was looking okay. Um, a couple South American things. A couple Asians. India looks okay, not great, but okay. All right, so. Um, you know, I think if you look uh, Canada, Mexico, Chile in the in Americas, in India, China, Indonesia in Asia, all look relatively okay. Not fantastic, but okay. So uh, it'll be interesting to see you know um, how that develops because you know if the dollar starts to pull back, you know you you, you could see commodities go higher. You could see um, foreign stocks go higher too. So um, you know, I, I did see a couple, um, you know, oil stocks that have pull, that pulled back on Thursday and Friday that looked pretty good. And I think, you know, uh, the international ones, but uh, we'll, we'll see. But look, the 10-year Treasury continues to push higher, uh, and the 10-year yield reached, you know, 3.7, I think, on Friday. So that's the first time in more than a decade that we've been there. The Fed increased rates by seventy-five basis points as expected. And that's a—I mean—that's three in a row. I, I just, you know, I don't think what they—they they don't understand. And I think they're trying to kill inflation. I think that's great. But when interest rates have been so low for so long, to jack them up like that, they're bound to blow something up. That's, that's Tim Hayes' opinion. Not—not uh, not my firm's, but it—it it, it, it happens. You know, uh, the Fed gets overzealous and. Uh, I, sometimes I think they they work with blinders on, but you know the the best asset class group in fixed income right now is inverse fixed income uh, or floating rate. Okay, uh, fl- you know floating rates. You know uh, every quarter they they increase or decrease the rate, so you don't lose principal for more than a quarter. Uh, those are I have, there's a couple of uh, preferreds that we have that we I saw that were just dynamite in that area. Uh, preferred securities are and short duration are the next two that have held up the best but i would say the majority of fixed income is not a place you know you, you've been beat up i mean some of these things are down 20%, 20 percent 20 twenty four percent high yields getting killed so you, you got to be careful you got to be careful uh when when you're in, involved in fixed income but we do have somebody on the line Randy how are you Hey, good afternoon, Tim. How are you? I'm wonderful. What's new? I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, with the rates heading up and everything. What do you thought about brokered
1: CDs? Uh,
2: you know, I just, uh, I talked to a gentleman Friday, and, uh, y- you know, you can do some good things. Uh, you know, I, I have at my wherewithal... <laughs> Uh, an inventory of like $100 million with the CDs. So I, I can pick from the best. And, you know, I, I think that's a really good idea, but I would stay short for now, you know, uh, mm-hmm. until the until we can just like see over the horizon, Randy, and see that the Fed may be done. You know, that if you're starting to see that, then you can go long. But right now I'd stay in the two to five area you know, five-year area, okay? So, Mm -hmm. uh, but I have no problem with those. I think they're a good idea. Yeah, yeah. uh, You know, the yields are pretty tough to pass up at this point. Compared to the stock market, yeah. I mean, the stock market's going down, but you got to just remember what I said earlier, Randy. Five years after a recession, the stock market usually goes up two to two and a half times. That's a lot of money right there, okay? So, I mean, you're talking 250% to 200 to 250%. So just keep that in the back of your mind. So you don't don't put all your money into CDs, but, you know, I mean, that's a good place to put some money to work right now. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, thanks so, for your insight. All right. I, uh, appreciate it, Tim. All right. Have a great day. Okay. Take care. You know, bye-bye. Uh, I, bye-bye. I had uh, Ed just uh, he, he, email me here. Ed asked me, Tim, uh, which do you like better, gold or silver? Well, I told you earlier that gold has kind of broken this little uptrend line, but I'd say gold it looks better on the charts than silver, right? At this point, you know, silver tends to be more of an industrial metal to a certain degree, so you want to be a little bit more careful with that. Uh, all right, so uh, something to think about. Um, so you know, I guess the the key here is, you know, we're we're in this period of time where we're right where we got to stop, you know, and if you know. It, if we don't, I think we got, uh, you know, some problems going, you know, we probably got, got another 10% on the downside, which is no no fun. Um, and, you know, we're in a column of votes, okay, which means there's more risk in the market. We're at 19, though. So, you know, normally we're looking under the, the 30% level to be looking for a, a reversal up. Now, the question is, I mean, look, we've got... Like I said, we've got Washington spending money like uh, you know they they just got. Paid. Um, we've got the Fed on the war path. We got most of the other central banks on the war path. We got Putin, who's a lot of people think is dying, talking about nuclear weapons. We get China, you know, hovering over Taiwan. So it's not a, you know exactly a fun time. But look, let's go back to 1962. There was a thing called the Cuban Missile Crisis, where the Soviet Union had put 13 nuclear warheads 100 miles from Miami Beach. That's scary, folks. Okay. by the way, the Dow was under 100 then. What is it now? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
0: The Cleveland Orchestra welcomes you to Severance Music Center this October and the wonder all around. First, it's Sasson's captivating organ symphony. Then Beethoven's heroic symphony number no. three, Strauss's soaring Alpine Symphony, and the romantic Schumann Piano Concerto. Experience the Cleveland Orchestra at Mandel Concert Hall this October. Tickets at Clevelandorchestra.com. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is tired of our representation. I couldn't care less what Congress does because they have demonstrated themselves to be unfit as a collective body. Not individual people, not the half a dozen people who come on my show. As a collective entity representing the American people, they are unfit to serve. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before Jay Sekulow at 6, on AM 1420.
2: Okay, we, we're we back, folks. And, you know, now we're going to talk about insiders. And, um, you know, insiders know their business better than we do. They tend to be early. They tend to be early. Okay? Just remember that. Anyway, uh, I've noticed that we had a lot of insider buys last week and the week before. And the week before that was a lot of insider sells. So... I don't know what's going on here, but the insider buy, uh, you know, sell-to-buy ratio is decidedly positive this week. Let me say that again. The insiders who know what's going on are decidedly positive this week. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I noticed these are small-cap stocks, so you know, don't uh, go hog-wild on them. But uh, Laramar Therapeutics. Uh, James Flynn, who is a very bright guy, by the way, uh, bought thirty-four, well, thirty-five million dollars worth of stock at three fifteen. It's at three forty-six today. All right, so uh, they had some good news last week, by the way. And Alaco's uh, Paul Walker, who's a pretty bright guy too, bought twenty million dollars worth of stock. And Dan Janey, who's another director, they're both directors, uh, bought about two and a half million. And I believe there was one more. Uh, and it was one more, I can't find it. So I'll, I'll, my apologies, but also uh, Medpace holdings, which got beat up, you know, it was $180 stocks, now 145. We had several, um, uh, buys from Augie Trendle, who's the CEO, by the way. Uh, he bought $15 million. This is just last week, by the way, he bought $15 million, he bought 14.6, 14.4. And by the way, last week, you know, he bought a, a ton of it too. And then he bought another $8.9 million this week. So uh, obviously, he's getting bullish. And then um, we, we had, uh, oops, there it is, Norton LifeLock, you know, which was a $27 stock. is now 20 These guys paid a 65% dividend. <laughs> a while back, all right, uh, uh, from where I bought it anyway. I don't own it very much anymore, but I sold it around 27, and then they, and after they gave the dividend. So, it was, uh, But this guy is the president, um, and he bought $10 million with the stock, which is not chump change, obviously. And um, also, um, you know, we talk about Freshworks, you know, which is a $17 stock, is now 13 Uh There was a bunch of director's, and a leaders, uh, which is an associates, which a member of a 10% group that owns it. And on the 20th, they bought, um, another six and a half million as did uh, Samir Gandhi, uh, who's, uh, a director. Uh, and then, you know, then on the ninth, they bought another 5 million each. Uh, so remember last week, they bought a ton of stock and they continue to, and, and breeze, um, or Bra- Brazy, I'm sorry, software, another software company. We had several insiders buy, uh, you know, 1.3, 1.3, 1.3, uh, and they're all member, all directors. Uh, so I thought that was fairly interesting too. Couple names: uh, Empire Petroleum, which uh, had pulled back from uh, about 15 or 16 down to 1280 uh, at-, at 1178 now. Okay, a buck cheaper than this. Uh, he bought uh, a, a, a director, Phil Lasek, I think is his name. He bought a uh, million dollars worth. And then also Spock Holdings, which has shown up numerous times on my charts uh, and then fades away occasionally. Uh, we had an insider buy a million dollars worth. Uh, and, you know, we keep seeing it. By the way, I forgot to mention that Tom Hamilton also bought Leomar. Uh, I bought a million dollars with the Lamar Technologies which was our big insider buy for the day. But I'm seeing uh, and um, Jay Farner over at Rocket Mortgage, you know, a local guy, he continues to buy uh, you know about 25, 26,000 shares a day. Uh, so, you know, last week he bought uh, five times averaging about 28,000 shares a day. So it's about $200,000 a day. And he's been doing this for a couple months now. So obviously he's giving you know, he's, he's, a bullish, he's bullish on uh, what's going on over there. Um, and I've been watching it for some time and I, you know, I don't know why. And by the way, last week we talked about Merchants Bank Corp and Mike Drury, who's the CEO of the Merchants Capital, uh, bought $100,000 worth of uh, both it and the, um, and the preferred. Uh, and then Ann Sellers did too. I Remember, there was fairly large purchases last week, which uh, I think were in the million dollar range. So, you know, we're you know we're seeing people out there buying, big buying. Okay, uh, so that's something you got to pay attention to. Now, uh, look, the S and P futures uh, did not look really great on the open on Friday, but they closed with a fairly, you know, they were. They diverged positively. Let's put it that way at the close. And um, I got I had some questions about pharmaceutical stocks and the weakness. And and, and Lilly's at a new high. Okay, I own a lot of Lilly. Um, and and but Pfizer is down there. And you know they beat up Bristol Myers after good news, which surprised me. Uh, I own some Bristol Myers, and uh, I've owned these for a long, long time, by the way. And Merck, uh, you know, looked like it was reversing up. So um I do think they're going to gain some footing into October and rally from there. That you know that would be my guess uh by the charts that I'm looking at. This is Tim's opinion, you know, Tim's take, shall we say. Um the volatility post the Fed was not a surprise folks, uh but the trends unfortunately they remain bearish and and the lows right now are premature. We have to see a bounce off this low. Um uh, you know, what's been interesting, though, is the discretionary outperformance has been impressive, even though they're not a favorite sector. Uh, staples uh, and REITs are lagging a little bit, and and um, you know that's where you think the money would be flowing. So maybe somebody's seeing an end to this is what I'm suggesting. You know, remember I told you Staples might be turning over a little bit. Now, look, I'm going to keep the Staples for long terms because they're dividend growth portfolios members and I you know, that's where I want to be right now. But, you know, um you know, look, the SPX standard boards five hundred and the QQQs or the Nasdaq composite are at new lows. I mean they're they're tied with new lows from June. So you have to start to think and have to be a little bit more careful with what you're thinking about, all right? Or what you're doing. And and that that's the problem is that I don't think people are uh, taking that into account, they're they're not um, well. They're they're sitting and holding now. Look, I I have some people who think that uh, the world's going to end, and and I I don't know if that's the case. I just when you raise rates three times, three quarters of percent, you know you're in the wild wild west, and that's what I consider. Uh, like I said, my confidence in Jay Powell is very low, and uh, when you do that type of thing, something's going to break, and uh, on that break, the question is how fast will he reduce, uh, you know, interest rates? But you know, we're we're still a long way from the uptrend line dating back to the lows of '09, okay, and 2020. So we could we could still be in this massive, you know, uh, structural bull market. And, and, sell off another 10%. And that's, that's indeed a problem for most people. You know what I mean? So the, the four year cycle we talked about, uh, really, uh, starts again in 2024. But what we, what I think we could see is a series of, you know, lows at the same area, some rallies and that, you know, some relief rallies and some relief rallies, uh, until the fed makes up its mind what it's going to do. All right. Uh, I mean, they've they've gone crazy. They've they've gone from one extreme to the other extreme very quickly, and uh, it it makes uh, life a little bit more difficult. And it's not helping that Congress continues to spend. I understand they've got another package that they're they're in conference about that they're not letting anybody know about, uh, and they think this you know this inflation protection thing is uh, you know that's it's a green package is what it is. Um, But you know, people were happy that they passed it, so. With the Democrats gaining ground, you know, it's not the sweep that all the Republicans are talking about. That's what we're seeing from our political people. So you got to be, you know, I don't think that would be good, okay, in my humble opinion. But we'll see how it goes going forward. So in the meantime, you know, look, Noah didn't start building the ark the day it started raining, okay? It's a good time to be looking into uh, our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. When yields are up, that's when you want to buy yield, when yields are up and somewhere along here, the fed's going to stop or they're going to be forced to stop. Is what Tim's going to, uh, that's probably what happens because that's what's happened in the past. So go to WHK 1420, go to local podcast down the smart investor show, go to my webpage. There's a lot of good stuff there. Remember, you have our insight page, which has a lot of new research there. Call for a wealth plan, all right? If There's no better time to be planning than now, okay? Right now. And, you know, uh, if you want to get on my newsletter, let me know. Our dividend growth por- portfolio, our prime income list, we have a whole bunch of CDs and we have a whole bunch of bonds that in the two- to five-year area that look really, really good right now. Uh, we, we also have some of these... Um, uh, floating rate CDs, and uh, floating rate preferreds that I kind of like, uh, in this type of atmosphere. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, by the way, on the front page under bulletin board is Rob Schleimer. And he's, he, you know, has put out a couple of what he calls spotlights right after the Fed saying, Hey, we're testing the old low. And we're right there right now. We got a hole Monday. Okay. So I, I, I've been a little bit bearish the last couple of weeks. I'm still, I'm still not jumping. I'm still not jumping up and down, folks. <laughs> I'm still not jumping up and down. If we were to rally from here, be a double bottom, be great. So we'll see what happens. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Uh, keep you know, keep your chin up, as as we say, and remember to buy low, sell high. This is Tim Hayes.
0: The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM fourteen twenty The Answer or Salem Media Group.